Let us have a word of prayer. Let us pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks for all your blessings and we thank you that you are with us and that you invite us to place our trust in you. Help us always to look to the future and to look forward knowing that you go before us wherever we go. As we gather this morning as your faithful people and hear your word read and proclaimed, we pray that you will instill in us a sense of trust and that we may have a clear vision of where you are leading us in the future. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And I invite Phyllis to come forward and read for us the scriptures. The first scripture lesson is from the New Testament, the book of Philippians, Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 1, verses 21 to 30. For to me, living is Christ and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better, but to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy and faith, so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel, and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them this is evidence of their destruction, but of your salvation. And this is God's doing. For he has graciously granted you the privilege not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well. Since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. And from the Old Testament, selected verses from Psalm 105, reading responsively, and it will be on the screen. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell of all his wonderful works. Glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence Remember the wonderful works he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he has uttered. O offspring of his servant Abraham, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Then he brought Israel out with silver and gold, and there was no one among their tribes who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they departed, for dread of them had fallen upon it. He spread a cloud for a covering, and fire to give light by night. They asked, and he brought quails and gave them food from heaven in abundance. He opened the rock, and water gushed out. It flowed through the desert like a river. For he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out with joy, his chosen ones with singing. He gave them the land of the nations, 
and they took possession of the wealth of the people. That they might keep his statutes and observe his laws. Praise Praise the Lord. Lord. And reading again from the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, chapter 16, verses 2 to 15. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you, and each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way I will test them whether they will follow my instructions or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather on other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening, and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near to the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the Israelites, They looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quails came up and covered the camp, and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the surface of the wilderness was a fine flaky substance, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God for his word to us. Friends in Christ, what I say to you this morning is proclaimed in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. On a Saturday morning in early June in 2009, I set out on an adventure with Ian and Brenda Flint. Now, Ian Flint was a member of, was an elder of my then congregation. And both he and I were commissioners to the General Assembly that year, which was meeting in Hamilton. And Brenda was coming along to see what General Assembly was all about. We had chosen to drive from New Brunswick to Hamilton. Ian was one of those techie sort of guys. He was one of those people who I turned to if I had, quest- had issues with my computer. And he was always one to be up on the latest of gadgets. And so as I crawled into the back seat of his car, Ian set his GPS, which was very new back then, for McMaster University, and off we went. The GPS was a new technology, and this was my first chance to see it in action. 
The other fact that you need to know about about this morning that that in question that will help you understand this story is this. During the previous number of years, the province of New Brunswick had improved their highway system. And the last section of the Trans-Canada Highway to be twinned in New Brunswick was between Woodstock and Edmonston. It had only been open for about a year before this trip. That's important, as you will see in a minute. As we drove along, we came to where this last section of doubled highway started. And something happened to the GPS. No longer did it show a car driving along a red highway. But instead, it showed a car driving through a field or through the woods to the as far as the GPS was concerned we were in the wilderness this story is a good reminder to us about what the wilderness really is as we turn to the, our reading from Exodus this morning sometimes wilderness has to do with our perception of where we are more than really the facts. For the children of God in our scripture reading, as they flee from Pharaoh's Egypt, the wilderness is all of those places where Pharaoh is not. And as they quickly learned, the wilderness comes with its own unique challenges. Up until this point, In the Exodus narrative, the children of God have been concerned with how they will escape from Pharaoh's Egypt. Now that they have crossed that boundary and they are finally on the other side of the Red Sea, all of a sudden, everything is new and strange. It's a wilderness. Now they must learn how to live this new life on their own, without Pharaoh. Although for generations they had longed for the promised land to which they were now traveling, they did not know where it was. Like children in the back of the car as you embark on your first day of vacation driving to anywhere, they started asking all of the questions. Where are we going? Are we there yet? What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? Imagine for a minute if the grocery stores all closed today. Not just for today, but forever. And we were all forced to find our own food for ourselves. What would you do? Will your garden sustain you? What about meat? I'd like some meat. These were all of the questions that Israel was trying to figure out. Nothing was as it had been before. And now, as a result of that, everything that had happened in Egypt looked way better than it did before. 
Indeed, if you listen to the cries of the people of Israel to Moses, you would think that Egypt was of the lap of luxury. They say, if only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, where we sat around the flesh pots and we ate our fill of bread. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. It's a really peculiar sentence, isn't it? It's peculiar because we know that wasn't the case in Egypt. How easily the people have forgotten their slavery and their oppression. How they were forced to work harder and harder and to produce more and more with less and less resource. They forgot their beatings. They forgot that Pharaoh sought to kill their children. Well, at least, they said, we had bread. The people brought their complaint to Moses. And Moses brought their complaint to God. And God gave them mystery food. There are lots of scholarly articles written about what manna actually was. But the important thing for us to remember about manna is that it was something that the children of Israel had never seen before. I wish I was able to read Hebrew. I wish we were all able to read Hebrew. Because every now and then there are little word plays in the biblical text that get lost in the translation. When it comes to us in English, all of the funny parts and all of the jokes have been taken out. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the Calvinists in us all who take all, out all the humor. But in reading about this text, there is a little joke here this morning. The Hebrew fa- phrase, what is it? The question of the children of God to Moses is Muna. And when this food appears on the ground and the people turn to Moses and ask, what is it? Muna. Moses responds, Muna. Oh, thank you for laughing. It is not, I would suggest, the name of the substance that fell to the ground and that the people ate. Manna is the recognition of its newness and its strangeness to the people. We forever remember by its name that it was a puzzle to them. What is it? Manna. And this new food? comes with instructions. The instructions are like this. It is a gift. That is the instruction here. It appears, you pick it. As much as you need, no more. And they are instructed, and they, these are instructions that will define the new future of the children of God. The life to which the children of God are being called in the wilderness and beyond. 
They are words that say, don't be greedy. Don't hoard. Trust on God. Know that God is sufficient. And all of that stands in stark contrast to Pharaoh's Egypt. Egypt was a great empire. It was a great empire that occupied other lands, oppressed other people, pursued wealth with great avarice. Pharaoh was all about more and more and more. Remember the reason why the children of Egypt were were oppressed in the land of Egypt? Because they were building supply cities. Pithom and Ramses, the great warehouse cities of Pharaoh, where Pharaoh was going to store all of the stuff that he was accumulating. Pharaoh was all about stuff and more. And so we should not be surprised, actually, that when the manna appears before the children of God, they run out and they scoop up as much as they can. And scripture tells us that it becomes wormy and unedible. But that was the way that life worked for them when they were in Pharaoh's Egypt. It was about more. And more and more. But here in the wilderness, they are no longer Pharaoh's slaves. They are God's people. And as a result, everything else will change too. God assures the people that the manna will be there. Each day with the dawn, there will be enough. But they will have to trust God each day to know that to be true. At its heart, this episode in the life of the children of God is not about hunger or want, but it is about their ability to trust God. And to trust in God, they had to let go of everything that they had and everything that they knew and set off into the unknown. That's the difficult part. It's difficult for any of us, that sort of uncertainty that leaves us feeling like we're teetering on a tightrope and there is nothing below us. Faced with such uncertainty... Even the flesh pots of Egypt started to look good for the children of God. In our own lives, sometimes we wonder, why is it that women who in abusive relationships return again and again to home with the abuser? But the reality is that at least there is certainty there. They know what life is there, even if that certainty comes at a cost. All of us don't like uncertainty. As we've been moving through this year, I think it's fair to say we've all had our fair share of uncertainty. I think we've had 
more than our fair share of uncertainty. Shaped by uh, this global pandemic that we presently sit in the midst of, we have been everything that we thought we knew has been shaken and turned upside down. How often have you heard someone say, I can't wait until this is all over and we just get back to normal. But the lesson from the story of the children of God this morning is that maybe this is normal. Or maybe this is the wilderness on the way to normal. What's that normal going to look like? I don't know. But if the children of God have one lesson to teach us, it's this. That when we become so fixated on the past that we lose our sense of the future, then the uncertainty becomes overwhelming and we forget where we are and we forget where we're going. And into the, but into the midst of that, God drops. What is it? Blessing. That which we need to see us through today and move us into the future. For the last, well, almost for my entire time in ministry, so let's say the last 30 years, there's been great concern in the church because the church of 2000, 2020 doesn't look like the church of 1953. And we really like the church of 1953 and we wish we could go back there. It was certain, wasn't it? It was full and it was crowded and nobody worried about what was happening uh, to, to, uh, to the life of the church. There wasn't this sense of decline that, some, that we've had to wrestle with over the past 30 years. I think we're coming out the other side, by the way. But there have been some very uncertain times. And it's been a challenge. I think, for many congregations to figure out what that's all about. It has been a time in the wilderness. Testing, wondering, looking to the past. But maybe we need to start to look to the future. To be assured of the one thing that is constant throughout all of Scripture and has been constant in the lives of faith of people since the, the death of Christ upon the cross and the beginning of the missionary journeys of folks like the Apostle Paul. And it is simply this. That God blesses his church. And that God will move us forward if we will place our trust in him and have faith. If we will look to the future, we will see God. What will it be? Well, that we're still working out, my friends. For good and for bad, that's what we're still working out. There is 
a little bit of uncertainty there, a little bit of sway in the tightrope of life. But we know this, that God goes before us and that we need never fear because God will be sufficient for us for this day and for tomorrow and the next and the next. And that God will bless us each day with what we require. We may not know what that blessing will be, but this we are sure of, God does. And God delivers. What will God bless us with? I don't know. But this question will always be before us. What is it? And where are we going? Thanks be to God for his blessing to us this day and always. Amen.